Hey everyone, this is Ashley Ellenboss with Skyhouse Herb School and Apothecary. Today we'll be talking about coffee. We'll be talking about the history of use of coffee, the plant spirit of coffee, and also interestingly looking at some of the health benefits and some of the downsides of regular coffee use. Now, I like coffee. I am, you know, I think some people are coffee people. Some people are not coffee people. Um, and I think that makes us a little bit biased to the information. Now, I will say that I've gone through long periods of my life without drinking coffee. So I haven't been diehard from, you know, day one. Um, I've gone years, especially when I was pregnant and nursing where I didn't drink coffee. Um, so I, I just want to give that disclaimer because if I were one of those anti-coffee people talking about it, you might expect something different. So I'm also a plant person. So I am going to be speaking on defense of this plant um, because I think it's important that we don't just look at plants as objects and substances by which we can judge, but that we also consider the plant's perspective and the plant's point of view. So we'll be doing that again today. Uh, I do want to say this before I begin. If you would like to hear more talks on plants, plant consciousness, uh, health, wellness, personal stories that I pull out from the back seat, <laughs> um, please subscribe. And if you like this video, please like it. Please share it if you find it helpful. Thank you. Thank you. I also have a women's retreat that I'm leading with a bunch of other amazing women in April of 2023. I will include a link in the description. So if you want to learn more or join us for yoga, meditation, plant walks, and uh, learn about vocal strength and how to strengthen your voice for a lot of different types of uses, please check that out. All right. So coffee. Now, I want to start off in defense of the plant because this plant is really quite amazing. This plant is evergreen. Uh, it comes from the Rubiaceae family, which is a the matter family, which has a number of other medicinal plants in it. But as an evergreen, you know, I think evergreens, especially in my heart, I have a special place in my heart for all evergreens because there's something about their resilience that I think we can look to for guidance, especially if we're in a place where we're feeling a little bit less bounce backable <laughs> than we might have uh, previously. So there's something about that that I love. Um, another interesting thing about this plant is like a lot of plants that humans somehow weirdly have attractions for, um, it produces caffeine as an insect and herbivore repellent. So coffee is very smart because it produces large amounts of a chemical that's designed to actually keep us away. But for some reason, we're like, ooh, danger. <laughs> and uh, we go for more. Now, there's a lot of stories of where it came from. You know, how did we learn about coffee? There's a story about an Ethiopian goats herdsman who saw his goats jumping around um, very merrily and took one of the coffee beans that the goats were eating to a monastery. The monk brewed it and discovered that it was a drink that would also make humans merry and jumpy. Um, I did some research on the history of use of, of coffee uh, from this one particular tribal people. They're called the Oromo people of West Walaga, Ethiopia. And I thought this was really interesting because, you know, again, like you hear all these anecdotal stories, but for me, it's like, I want to know what do actual 
people who live in a traditional way, how do they approach the plant? How do they view the plant? So I wanted to tell you their creation story of coffee. And I want to also distinguish that I'm talking about Cafea Arabica or Arabica. So this is the Arabic coffee bean and not the Robusta, which is commonly grown throughout Latin America. And I'll talk about the distinctions because they're actually quite different. I'll talk about those later on. But just to clarify here, we're talking about the Cafea Arabica species. So they tell a story about their god, and I'm going to spell it in case I am mispronouncing it, but I believe it is the Waka. It's W-A-A-Q-A. The Waka is their personal god. And so one day there was an individual, a man, who was given instructions by Waka to do something. And this individual uh, went against the will of God and didn't do and didn't follow the instructions that Waka had given him. And therefore, his life was taken. And the next day, as the man is laying there in his grave, Waka, God, comes and looks over at this man's body. And because he has so much love for this man, and you know, really he has an understanding, a compassion, understanding how hard it is to follow the will of God, he starts to shed tears. And as his tears fall down upon this man's body, up sprouts the first coffee plant. And so to the Waka people, again, this is from some research that was done, um, some field research. And I'll actually include a link to this paper, which I think you'll find probably very interesting too. That um, Let me just read to you from the article because I think the reasoning of uh, is just so beautiful. So it says the growing of coffee from the tears of Waka at the man's grave has implications. They believe it reflects the love of Waka to his people and how much he is concerned about them, regardless of their unwillingness, right? Like how many, how much of us, are, you know, we get this message. It's like, do this thing. It's good for you. And you're like, ah, nah. <laughs> and so, you know, this idea, the 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 spirit of Waka is is merciful and loves them so much and is so concerned about these people, even though they're unwilling to listen to him. So whenever there's a ceremony that takes place in these villages in Ethiopia, coffee is always present. And the beans are just a symbol of of God's willingness to come back and to give gifts, even though man continually disregards his instructions. Uh, in Ethiopia, in, in this particular village, they drink coffee three times a day, and they grind the beans and process them into all of these different foods, into these flatbreads, into these cakes, um, into porridges, and into drinks. So I thought it was interesting that they take this plant three times a day, but there's a very specific ceremony. And you actually looked it up. It's very beautiful. So you can look it up on YouTube, the Ethiopian coffee ceremony and how this process is done in a very sacred, very honoring way. Uh, and another thing that was interesting too, is that uh, the, the people, the Oromo people, they also would grind the coffee beans um, and they would powder them and mix them with butter and uh, what else? 
butter and I think sugar or some some sweetener and make them into these little balls that they would carry with them when they would travel far distances. Or if they were going into battle, the warriors would carry these little balls because not only did they understand that they gave them energy and clarity and, you know, um, that there was a medicine in this, that it's a, it's a food medicine stuff, but it's also a reminder of God's presence and God's looking over all of us all the time. Now, do we see coffee in that way? You know, every time you ask, order your favorite cup of coffee, you know, are you thinking about God's mercy? I mean, most of us probably not. We're thinking about how am I going to get through this day or, you know, like I need, I need that pick me up or, oh, my head's starting to hurt because I'm going through withdrawal. However, I, I think when we're trying to consider in our own minds, is something good or bad, which is something we really like to do, uh, I don't think it's actually the most helpful way of using our brain is good or bad. Uh, but when we go into that mode of like, is it good or is it bad? I think it's actually a little bit better to zoom up and above those two you know, battling the angel and the devil, right? Like my Kundalini teacher used to say, you know, imagine you have a an angel on one shoulder and you've got the devil on the other shoulder and your higher self is above and watching those two bicker. And so you need to make decisions from that higher self, not from the bickering mind, <laughs> who's good or bad, good or bad, good or bad. So when you're thinking about your next cup of coffee, think about why. Why do you want this plant spirit? What does this plant spirit mean to you? Does it evoke memories? Is there a cultural tradition that you are connected with when you drink this cup of coffee? Um, is there something in the taste or in the texture that does something for you, right? So we can start to think about the qualities of this drink and the memories and the why to help us figure out is this is this good or bad for us you know like um and 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 again even outside of good or bad is like well why am i going to do this why am i going to take this plant into my body so i wanted to share some of my own personal reflections about this and and how i've come to terms with coffee in my life because i did i really did battle with this thinking, well, I'm a vata and I'm a vata pitta. So I'm very dry and agitable. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dry and cold. Um, and I've got the pitta thing, which is all the Aries in my, in my 10th and 11th house. Um, you know, so, so coffee, you know, if you add, so coffee in Ayurveda is considered to be very drying and very cooling because it's very bitter and very astringent. So if you are a vata or a vata pitta, coffee can be very irritating to your nervous system. If you're a kapha, if you tend to be more of the earthy type, you're more damp and heavy and cool, uh, then it, it's actually not so bad. It can be not not quite as bad, especially if you're drinking it warm, then you have that warming element. So I went, you know, I, I went through phases of my life where I drank too much coffee. And I think we all know those places, right? Where you just are like, you know, I, I'm just going to push a little further and I'm going to have that third cup. And, you know, you do that, you start do, you start getting into the habit, right? Like, is coffee addictive? Well, it's as a, it's as a, as addictive as you are unconscious of your relationship with it. 
So in the times where I was addicted, it was because I was in the process of ignoring how I was feeling, which was I need to go outside for a walk and take a break from my work because really what I need is to relax my nervous system and not drink a bunch of caffeine and push through and get through, you know, payroll or whatever other work I was doing for the studio at the time to just keep keep the machine chugging along. So if I am unconscious and I'm not connected with how I'm feeling and my relationship to the plant, then yes, it becomes a drug. And it just pushes us outside of, you know, it, it pushes us into the numb. That's a dangerous place. When we go into the numb, we're no no one's home. No one's actually available to drive the bus and to do the work. So this plant can be abused. This plant can be an agent to help you dissociate. And this plant can also be a powerful medicine. Uh, some of the studies, which are really interesting, th so this plant is very high in polyphenols. And polyphenols, um, they actually promote the growth of certain gut microbes in, in your gut. So it can really actually help diversify the flora in your gut. And I was looking at the study and they were saying that they can tell coffee lovers or coffee drinkers from non-coffee drinkers just by looking at their microbiome and what kind of bacteria they have in their gut. Because there are certain gut bacteria that love coffee. They love the fiber and they love the polyphenols in coffee. And actually it's interesting that a cup of coffee actually has more fiber in it than in a cup of pulpy orange juice. So, you know, you're actually getting some health benefits of getting fiber, daily fiber in through your cup of coffee. Um, you know, other things about this plant that I think is really interesting is, um, you know, I was thinking about, let's see, where are my notes? I was thinking about how this plant blossoms. So in a perfect world, Every plant, this is this is for the from an agricultural point of view, and maybe you can relate this to your own life, right? Like, wouldn't it be nice if everything happened neat and tidy at the same time? You could just go through your life and be like, okay, I'm ready to harvest this part of myself. Ooh, let me work on my childhood trauma. Harvest, 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 process, 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 purge, purge, purge right? Wouldn't that be nice if everything kind of batched itself? So you could say, okay, now I'm done with that. But coffee, like us, ripens in stages and ripens in like one plant will have flowers that bloom here, 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 and here. And then the, the beans, the coffee beans or seeds will start to ripen at different you know, in, in different sequences, at different stages. So the best way to pick coffee is hand picking, looking at when is the seed ripe, then you pick it and you put it through the process. But a lot of times what they do in commercial, you know, high volume product producing of coffee is they just strip the whole plant. Like they're like, you know, it's around the medium point. It's ripe enough strip it off. But the problem is, is that a lot of those beans or seeds are not fully ripe. And the dry matter, that's there's a certain percentage that the bean needs to reach where it has enough dry mass and also enough, um, yeah, it has to have enough um, wet mass and dry mass at a very specific volume for it to be at its peak ripeness for harvesting. So, you know, like us, the plant is, you know, it's like, oh, here, let's process a little bit of our, you know, sexual issues 
over here. Okay, you know, harvest, harvest, process, process. And then, you know, a few years later, bloop. Oh, now this one's ripe. Let's pick that one and process it. And so, you know, it's not a neat and tidy plant. It also will just has this weird thing called limb die off. And they haven't, like, I was trying to research, like, well, why, why will it just drop one of its branches. And so the research I was looking at, it, they were saying that there, oh, there's all these bacteria of, you know, that start to eat away at the branch and the branch falls off. But then as I was looking into it, they said, but there is actually no, the, the cause of the back, the cause of the, the process of the limb dropping off is actually not understood that these microbes and bacteria, um, they come in after the branch has already become sick. And so they think that it has to do because of stress. You know, plants experience stress just like we do. And so, you know, they will, when they start to get stressed, they'll just decide, okay, I'm going to drop this branch and it'll just start to detach and drop. <laughs> just be like, okay, this branch, which was, you know, perfectly healthy and fine, I'm just going to let it go. Like this, you know, it's like this natural self-pruning process. I just love that because, you know, aren't we all doing that at the same time too? You know, we're just like, there's this part of me, I think it's time to die, <laughs> you know? And it's, you know, it's often, it often can get kind of messy too, right? Like, you know, and it can be scary and all this stuff, but, you know, that is, that is real in our lives and our psychological lives, just like it is in the plant's life. So, you know, for me, as I, as I research plants, I just fall in love with them so much more as I understand how they grow, where they grow, what they do, kind of like what, what do they like? So I'll tell you what coffee plants like. They really like water. Um, and they like high altitudes and they don't like to grow in full sun. They like shades. They usually grow in the understory of a tropical forest. And so if you see like coffee plantations and places where coffee's not native, like Brazil's a big exporter in Costa Rica, they actually have to shade. Um, they have to, you know, they have big open fields, but then they have to have these shade tents because this plant is not, it, it likes to be covered. It's sensitive. It doesn't want to be open. It doesn't want everyone to be looking at it, you know? It doesn't want these weird bugs that come. There's these coffee beetles that only the women, only the female bugs will bore into the seeds and then lay their eggs and it will kill in like 50% of a whole field, these little beetles. Um, so they're like sensitive, you know, they they are not, they're, if you, I've tried to grow, I've tried to grow coffee in my house with like grow lights. I can't keep it alive. If you can, good for you. I'm just saying- <laughs> I'm really bad with succulents and tropicals, but oh well. Um, but yeah, so it's it's sensitive. It's a sensitive plant. Um, yeah, it really likes water. And it made me think about the fact that how, you know, when we drink a lot of coffee because of all the tannins and how astringent it is, we need to drink more water. So that's like one of the things I've realized in my body that if I'm going to drink coffee, if I'm going to be a coffee drinker, if I'm going to drink one cup a day, which is mostly what I do sometimes too, I have to love water. So I'm like, okay, I got my water bottle and I got my coffee and they go together. You can't ignore the water. Otherwise you're ignoring part of what coffee loves and part of what your body needs as part of being a coffee lover. So isn't that cool? It's a cool way to think about it, right? Like we're just, to me, when we approach taking in plants from a more plant-based perspective, we can start to figure out why things make sense, not from like a you should, like somebody wagging their finger at you, but more from a like, 
oh, this is a compatible practice of drinking water and drinking something like coffee. So I just, I just love that. Okay. So let me see what else I wanted to say here. Oh, I wanted to talk about the caffeine levels in the different varieties of coffee. So I was listening to this podcast. I'll also um, include this in the links. It was a few doctors and then this coffee specialist who travels the world sampling coffees and writing about coffees, published books on coffee. Um, and and in the interview, they were talking about, you know, uh, what makes a good cup of coffee? And so the, the, the coffee connoisseur was just saying, you know, here's the thing is that there's two different species. There's the, co- the cheaper species, which is the cafe, cafe, uh, um, cafe robusta, which is like more of like a short shrubby plant. It's wide. It's easy to harvest. It, it's a little bit more, it's robusta, right? So it's a little bit more robust in the growing conditions. But it also has higher amounts of caffeine and lower amounts of polyphenols and other um, of those more subtle phytochemicals. So you, you get what you pay for when it comes to coffee and just like any other medicine. It's like you can get really high quality ashwagandha and then you can get like really low bottom of the barrel ashwagandha. The same is true for coffee. And so, you know, if you are interested in drinking coffee and, you know, the the recommendation, my recommendation would be is look out for the Cafea Arabica where it's 100% the Arabican or Arabian. <laughs> I don't know how you would see it. Cafe, Cafe Arabica, we'll just say that. Um, that particular species. So look for that. And then, you know, once you spend a little bit more on your coffee, the interesting thing is that you're going to actually experience more health benefits. So some of the health benefits of drinking coffee, um, this is between like one to three cups a day. Studies show that after you hit about six cups, you actually have higher risk and lower return. So I uh, hope you're not drinking that much anyway, but if you are start to cut it back. So investing in a higher quality coffee with lower caffeine will give you more health benefits, like lowering your, um, studies have shown that it lowers your, um, your, uh, no, how am I going to say this? (laughs) If I had like an editor, this would be like bloop, rewind, cut. Okay. Reset. Um, you have a lower chance of getting diabetes and lower incidence. That's the word. Lower incidence of heart disease and cardiovascular disease. Coffee drinkers tend to have lower incidence of those. Isn't that cool? You know, again, moderate, low to moderate coffee drinkers um, will receive a number of different health benefits. Now, the downsides of drinking coffee is that you know, when you're pushing your cortisol um, higher, then you're going to tend to have more of a deeper cortisol crash. So a lot of people drink coffee in the morning around three o'clock, they get that crash. Instead of reaching for another cup of coffee, hydrate, 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 move your body. And that's how you'll actually be able to generate natural energy because the side effect of drinking coffee too late in the day is, guess it, trouble sleeping, right? And a lot, we have such an insomnia epidemic in this country. And I think a lot of it is due to too much coffee. And again, if you're drinking high amounts of low quality coffee with high amounts of caffeine and low amounts of polyphenols, 
you know, again, you're you're not doing yourself any favors. So so I think that that's something that I do I did want to say. The other interesting thing is about when you brew your coffee, you actually get less caffeine extraction if you drink an espresso rather than drip coffee. And the reason for this is because caffeine is water soluble. So the length of time that the water is exposed to the coffee determines how much caffeine you get. So the longer you expose your beans or your grinded beans, ground beans to coffee. I'm having a hard time with my words today. <laughs> um, then the more caffeine you're going to get. Whereas if you do an espresso where you're just basically forcing that hot water quickly through the grounds, you're going to get less caffeine. Do we need a lot of caffeine? And again, this is a this is like when we like do that, like let's do a personal check-in. How much caffeine do you really need, right? Like What's your own personal happy spot? And I know mine. Like I've, I am like a scientist when it comes to herbs and drugs and things. I'm like, you know, let me go push a little here. Nope. Okay. Let me cut back a little bit here. Right. So you have to find that for yourself. What's your sweet spot? And it will change depending on how much sleep you get, how hydrated you are, if you're exercising or not. But just consider that. Just consider what is your relationship with this plant at its best? right? At its best, at the plant's best and at your personal best, how can you interact with coffee? So the next time maybe you go and buy your coffee and you brew it yourself and you have your mug and you put in what you like, you put in a little goat milk, which is my favorite, or whatever else it is, you know, maybe your nut-based creamer. And just take a moment and just say, wow, you came from a long far way away. You're the tears of God. And, you know, may I connect with you in a sacred way. May you give me energy. May you give me insight. May you give me the fortitude and the endurance to get through my day with all of the things I'm going to have to, you know, trudge my way through. Please be with me and remind me that even if I don't get it right, that you'll have mercy on me that you'll stay here and look down over my my little body and cry tears of acceptance. That's pretty sweet. That's a pretty sweet way of approaching your daily cup of coffee, saying, I'm going to do my best and I know I'm going to fall short and I know, God, you're still going to be here. So thank you. So with that, friends, I will say cheers to you. Have a wonderful day. Leave your questions, your comments, your thoughts, your own favorite preparation methods, and I'll see you all again soon.